0: Welcome in, guys. With me today, I have Aiden Gilmore. He's an offensive tackle for the class of 2023. Um, he recently signed with the Iowa State Cyclones. Aiden, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm good. How about you?
0: I'm, I'm doing pretty well. So I'm, I'm very interested in your story. Um, it's a little bit different than some of the guys that we usually have on here. So one of the things that I want to ask you about is how did you get started in football?
1: Oh, man. Um, I think I started playing tackle football when I was in third grade. Okay, Uh, In Texas, that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Played until sixth grade and then then you go on to middle school football, keep playing that. Uh, Middle school football was one of my favorite times. That was pretty fun. Um, And then freshman year, I got hurt, made varsity as a freshman for my high school and I got hurt. Didn't really like the program or the people, so I transferred to uh, a private school in Dallas. And then after that, uh, kind of just killed it from there. Won three state championships in a row. Um, and that's in Dallas. That's where I am
0: now. <laughs> you won state in Dallas. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So, which which high school did you go to?
1: Uh, Parish Episcopal.
0: Okay, so. Up here in Iowa, it's going to be a lot of Iowa people listening. Parish Episcopal is kind of one of the big schools, isn't it? Or for, I guess, for football, like known, uh, very well known for football. I mean, up here, we don't really know the schools in Texas very well. But is how would you describe the, the school that you went to?
1: Uh, it's a small private school. Um, we were kind of uh, just created like, the football team in like 2005, I think. Okay. And then from then we have six state championships, which is kind of insane. I'm not sure if any other school has done it that quickly. Um, Yeah. From that point, we kind of just went kind of crazy, I guess. Um, Preston Stone kind of put us on the map. I don't know if y'all, y'all know who that is, but he's a five-star quarterback and he chose mm-hmm. SMU, chose to stay in Dallas. Um, but yeah, he kind of put us on the map. And then these past two years, we've been playing huge, like six and seven, A schools and then dominating them as well. Man.
0: That's so cool. So when, when you're winning all these state championships with the guys, obviously colleges are coming every other week or every week to see guys and see this wide receiver, obviously to see this quarterback, see guys like you on the line and in the trenches and, other places i guess how how did your recruitment go like what take me through that when you i'm guessing it probably picked up a lot when you actually started playing sophomore year how how did that what what all happened what schools did you visit tell me a little bit about it
1: uh well actually i visited my first school in eighth grade okay Um, i got invited to nebraska uh, which is where my whole family's from—Nebraska, Omaha, mm-hmm. Nebraska—and okay, uh, Ankeny, Iowa—that's where my whole family lives. And so, those were like my two big favorites or three big favorite schools: is Nebraska, Iowa State, and Iowa. Mm-hmm. And in eighth grade, I went up to Nebraska. I was really hyped to go up there and be the youngest recruit there. Um, but after I visited the new Scott Frost staff at that time. Wasn't really sure if I liked them or not after that mm-hmm. trip. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: I've I've heard that from quite a few people. <laughs> yeah, now, don't you know, don't honestly, have, you, you don't have, have to expand it, but I've heard that I've I've heard that from quite a few people. So yeah,
1: I wasn't a big fan of that. Uh, the vibe there, just the people, sure. weren't too great. Um, and then after that point, uh, I kind of moved on from Nebraska being one of my dream schools as a young kid. And then uh yeah, sophomore year after my first year of film, looking back on it, films awful, but uh I got my first uh recruitment call uh from Penn State sophomore year and that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Felt like I was you know getting out there. Uh started getting word from like Penn State, Florida State. Um, and then slowly that went away. And then junior year started, and then I started to pick up some offers, some smaller offers like um SMU Marshall Buffalo uh Houston stuff like that and then uh mm-hmm. senior year I feel like I killed it we played some of the biggest schools in Texas history um I truly do feel like we killed it as a team as a whole and as a player of myself um and then I got hurt after um the South Oak Cliff game which if Anybody knows who that is. It's one of the biggest powerhouses in Texas history. Um, And we ended up losing that game. Uh, Mm -hmm. We were up by four touchdowns at halftime. Um, But that was a rough loss. And anyway, after that, my, you know, recruitment started to slow down. I was out for five games, uh, actually six games, because I missed the whole district season. And that Mm -hmm. was pretty hard. deal with and then I got right back into playoffs I feel like my film was way better than before uh healed up not really I didn't really heal up I just took a lot of pain shots
0: sure um
1: but yeah that was that was rough and then you know recruitment started to slow down still because I got hurt during that time sure um other people were starting to pick up some stuff and then I was starting to get attention from one of my dream schools, Iowa State, and really wanted to do that, was kind of all or nothing for that. It was that, SMU, Houston, Sam Houston, Buffalo, or Tulsa. And I wasn't really sure if I wanted to. I felt like I could go somewhere bigger, somewhere better, somewhere I could compete. Mm-hmm. I want to be a star at a smaller place. I'd rather fight to be you know, at a bigger place. Sure, I feel like that—that's kind of what builds builds character for people. Um. So yeah, I, I took that route instead.
0: Yeah. So so what what factors really drove you to Iowa State? Was it because it was one of your dream schools growing up, and they kind of have a pretty solid program now in the Big Twelve, or or is there another factor?
1: Uh. Again, yeah, I have family in Ankeny, sure. and that's you know like thirty twenty eight minutes away and i thought that'd be awesome to be close like back up with family i've i've always visited iowa since i was really young um always spent my summers there with my family so i thought that'd be pretty awesome to go back and you know live somewhere i've always kind of wanted to live
0: mm-hmm. cool so you you actually committed to iowa state like right like you committed pretty late, um, in December around December, didn't you? Or what yeah. time? What, yeah, but you committed prior to uh, Coach Clanton getting here. Have Have you mm-hmm. talked to Coach Clanton or met him before? What What do you think of Coach Clanton? So, uh,
1: at the end of my junior season, he started reaching out to me when he was at UNI. Okay, and that was you know I was thinking about UNI maybe since my family was up there. That'd be cool. Um And then over that summer, I don't think we talked very much. And then we talked again more early on the my senior season, beginning of my senior season. And then after I got hurt, you know, I wasn't really in contact with too many people. Um and then once I committed into Iowa State, it was kind of almost awesome that I heard that Clanton was coming in. and I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. like God works in mysterious ways to see that someone that recruited me when I was younger is coming in now.
0: Cool. So did you vibe with him when he was at UNI or, or? Yeah, we we
1: would talk a little bit. Yeah. I I thought he was a cool guy.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, one, one of the tough things for fans like myself and a lot of other fans is we, we kind of understand why wide receivers could be successful or, Running backs can be successful. Usually, they usually they're pretty big, or they're really fast, or some some other type of aspect of their game is pretty noticeable. For linemen, it's a little bit more difficult for us casual spectators. What part of your? How would you describe kind of how you play? What are you go, really good at? What kind of do you think is going to really translate to the to college and hopefully the pros?
1: Um. Man, that's a tough one, uh, because we do so much stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we we try our best to do it at everything we can.
0: Oh, of course, yeah.
1: But I would say the best thing I'm at is pulling. I'm really good at pulling, kind of finding mm-hmm. who's open, who's not open, who to contact, who to, you know, let free, and who to like make an open hole for. Um, I feel like I'm really good at that specifically. Um, other than that, I think I'm pretty good at driving somebody off the ball um but you know there's always room for improvement for that
0: yeah because a lot of us fans are like okay the line play it's either working or it's not what what exactly like what could how do these guys differ but like some guys are better at pass blocking some are better at run blocking it sounds like in it sounds like you are kind of in where we where we would really need somebody to fit in with polling especially at the tackle position um we're definitely that's something that makes us excited to hear to hear that um, at Iowa State. So I have another question for you. Um, who's the best player you've ever played against?
1: Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question.
0: I know you're down in Texas. Usually the Iowa kids, it's like there's one particular kid that they all say. But down in Texas, I mean, I'm sure that you could have 100 that you could say.
1: Man, I would honestly have to go get my notebook to, that I watched oh, film man. with. Um, I'm thinking my sophomore year, the best player I ever played against was um, James Brockermeyer, who's now at Alabama.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah,
1: he was – man, he was something else. Because sophomore year, I played O-line and D-line.
0: Well, he's a twin, though, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is uh, the center for uh, okay. all students at the time, and now he's at Bama. And
0: man, not, he, not, yeah, not trying to diss on him. I thought he was the kind of the he was the four star and his twin brother was the five star.
1: Yeah, his twin, his older, his bigger brother, the the tackle, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I don't want to you know, start anything, but I think he's a little overrated. That's OK, kind of why he, he transferred and went somewhere else. I think he went to TCU, but James yeah. is staying at Bama because he got more reps than Tommy did. OK, but James, man, he was just a fighter. He was so strong. He was just mentally just like no one's going to stop me. And I think that's what makes a difference, really. And I think that's what makes a difference in any position in any game is oh, mental. Yeah. like I'm going to win every single time. And after after playing James and learning that, I think, you know, my junior senior year after learning that I was really all about the mental game.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs>
1: But man, like I don't know, playing O line against somebody, uh, like one of our own players, I would say would make we would make each other like we would make hell at practice with each other. As one of my own players, uh, Caleb Mitchell Irving.
0: Okay, yeah, he got a Purdue offer today. I saw that come in. Yeah, he's
1: he's crazy. Um, but in game, I would probably have to say, uh, I'd have to bring out my notes, but number number 30 or number 90 from South Oak Cliff was really good. Oh, I have to bring up no, the hardest one this year, my bad, is uh number 32 for Alito Anzo Dimba. He is at Washington State now. He's one of my good friends now. Uh I think he's a really really good D-line lineman, D-tackle and I think he's going to he's going to thrive at Washington State.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He actually just got um they ran uh 40s uh, this past okay. week at Washington State, and as a D tackle, he's the fastest D lineman out of everyone at Washington State.
0: I need to look this guy up. He is a
1: dog. I love that kid.
0: Enzo? His name's Enzo? Enzo.
1: A Anzo. A N S E L.
0: Okay, hang on. S-E-L. I know this is bad radio, but okay, okay. Oh, geez, yeah. He's not very highly rated, but he does. No, go- he's
1: a, I love yeah. that kid, man. Me and him got a lot closer after that game. That was our first game of the season, but we talk every other day now. He's he's a dog, and I and I love that kid. He's awesome, awesome. Thing about- he's a great kid, great guy, and I think he's gonna thrive.
0: That's the thing down about it with the those Texas schools, like. You could just be like, oh, that kid's from Lado, and he's one of the best players I've ever played against. Probably not – he couldn't be – he may not be highly rated or whatever, but, yeah, he's going to let you know.
1: Yeah, and yeah. one of the kids I was going to say is a kid who's a four-star at South Oak Cliff who, like, probably – I think he – his biggest offer is UT and, like, Ole Miss and USC, stuff like that. Yeah, he has everyone. Um, and yeah. I don't think he's nearly as good as Anzo, so that's crazy. Okay. Because just he just because he goes to South Oak Cliff, that's that's a lot. A lot of the time that works in Texas.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the, the thing about recruiting. It's definitely a lot of buzz. If you can get four star, if somebody can pump them up, get four star, then all these offers will just start falling in their lap. We see. I see it all the time. That's I like that about the Iowa State staff is they really don't care. They're usually the trailblazers and fine guys. Yeah. For the at, at first, I mean, there, I could go down a bunch of people that... I mean, Brees Hall, for instance. Brees Hall was the, a two-star for the longest time because his only offer was Iowa State. And then all of a sudden, Michigan and all, Notre Dame and all these other offers start pouring in. And then they give him a four-star. But for the longest yeah. time, Brees, Brees Hall was a two-star recruit. Same guy. Yeah. So, oh, Dennis Rodman went to Salgo Cliff. Interesting. Okay. So (laughs) I got one more question for you, Aiden, and I'll let you go. So if you could ask a fan of Iowa state, one question, uh, what question would that be? And I can try to answer it for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's a good question. Um, I guess I would like to ask what is like y'all's favorite thing about the university, like about the fan base What is y'all's favorite thing about each other. Like how do y'all thrive as a group?
0: So I'm going to say this and I know it's going to come off tacky and sound like a joke, but I really haven't met anybody who went to Iowa state and didn't enjoy their time. And it may be because if you didn't enjoy it your freshman year, you transferred. <laughs> even as a, just a regular student. But I really haven't met anybody who went, wow, what a waste of time. I've met people from who went to University of Illinois. I'm from Illinois. Who went to University of Illinois and were just like, this was terrible. This was a terrible decision. I've met a couple people who went to Iowa, a couple people into went to Minnesota who, who thought the same thing. But really, Iowa State, you kind of feel like this is where – I shouldn't say I'm not saying misfits, but the people who kind of go against the grain a little bit. It's not the sexy choice to go to Iowa State. The sexy choice is go to Iowa if you're in state or your other in-state school. The reason why I chose Iowa State is because I really thought that the professors in the engineering program were really good and really down to earth type people. Um, And it's the same it's the same way with the, the engineering professors as it is with the fan base. Um, kind of what brings us together in terms of sports is it's really just kind of the tradition of being an Iowa state fan. It's itself. It kind of just passes down through the generations where let's be honest, the football historically has not been good with Matt Campbell. It's been great. We're, We're loving ourselves. It's been great. But the historically the football has been, terrible just just to put it just to put it in in truth the football has been terrible but you would have games where the 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 stands were packed and that was like when i first came here we weren't very good either but i i remember looking around i'm going we're not like this isn't a good football team but there's there's no seats you can't find a seat like it's sold out how can that be and you realize that the the togetherness of the fans—it's more than just. Oh, I want to go see them win, and if they don't win, I don't care. It's, I want to root on the guys that I have classes with. I want to root on those guys for choosing Iowa State because it's not an easy choice to pick Iowa State. we before well now it's a little bit easier, but before it wasn't. It wasn't the easy pick. You'd either you'd go walk on at Nebraska or you if you're from texas you just stay down in texas somewhere but now but but the fans were just so thankful that the that they have a team to root for and the energy within all the fan base it just grows and grows like the tailgating is second to none i've never i've gone to every single big 10 stadium because i come from a big 10 family I've been to every single Big Ten stadium. There's nothing like the tailgating at Iowa State compared to – like, or, or there's nothing like tailgating at Iowa State for any Big Ten stadium. I mean, even Michigan or uh, Ohio State. There's nothing compared to it. The only thing that I would compare to it is maybe Ole Miss and there's a couple other southern schools in the SEC that have tailgating that can even compare to Iowa State. It's just nothing like it. It's as far as you can see with people. And uh, then you realize that the football historically hasn't been that great. So you're kind of like, where does all this magic come from? And the magic comes from the pride in the school that everybody you meet is a kind person. And everybody you meet, they- they'll welcome you to their tailgate. And it just you just feel like you belong there. Even if for everybody from... The nosebleeds, the down on the field, to the players themselves—they all feel like, "Hey, we're proud to be at this school," and it's a great feeling. It really is, and it—it's really infectious to even the fans themselves, where they feel like they're part of the game. Where you can see the camera shaking in games, um, at even in football games, open air stadium where the camera shaking. It's, there's a lot of these fans take pride in being Iowa state fans kind of because they feel like they're the perennial underdog. They feel like they've never gotten respected. And also because it's a school that they believe that, Hey, I made a conscious decision to go to this school because I felt like it was the right place for me when everybody told me, why don't you just go to this one when it could be the right choice. It could be a better choice, it could be the more popular choice. So that's kind of where I think where the passion comes from. Um, and it's really fun to be a part of. I love telling people that I went to Iowa state. It's one of the first things I tell people when I meet them. So <laughs> I, obviously I love Iowa state. I have a podcast about it, but yeah, I hope that answers your, your question about the fans and, and whatnot. But yeah, I think it's, they feel like they're the, they're the underdog in every aspect. Um, as they tell people, they go to Iowa state and, and people might look at them like, well, we could have gone to Iowa. So yeah. yeah, I think do that's awesome. Any, yeah, do you have any other questions?
1: Uh, I guess if I were to say anything else, uh, are there any traditions I should be aware about?
0: So, hmm, are you talking about within the sports or at or at the school itself? I would say all of it. Like, okay, any
1: traditions I need to know. Of?
0: So, at the school itself, um, there's a lot more traditions. The one tradition the two traditions that I would say that are kind of like followed by everyone, the one, if you have a girlfriend or whatever, um, uh, and like the way to become like a true Iowa stater is to kiss the person under the campanile at midnight.
1: Um, I did hear about that. I did hear about that one.
0: Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Probably need to go do that. I'm married now. (laughs) (laughs) Probably should go do that. She didn't go to Iowa state though. So, but yeah, I probably should do that. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Anyway, but the other one is there's like a Zodiac sign that's right in front of the uh, Union, right right between the, the big fountain that they have in the Union, at, right at that like entrance. There's a big Zodiac on the floor. You can't miss it. They put the walkway around it. If you step on it, apparently you're supposed to fail your next test. Um yeah, is it a true tradition? Probably not, but it's something that a lot of students follow and if you walk if you walk over it people will like gasp and like oh my gosh. So, yeah, it's one of those things. But the another thing um uh a tradition that we have for uh like the football and basketball games um well one of the traditions that we have for the basketball it's not really like a tradition but it's called Hilton Magic and it's what, it's kind of a uh, term that one of the coaches put on the actual crowd at hilton which is the basketball arena because would we would be down in games and the crowd would just be going so crazy that it would take the other team out of the game and iowa state would come back and win and they called it hilton magic just because the fan base is so crazy and it's come back now now that we have a good team so our our fans are just nuts um and then the other tradition that we have that started back in twenty eighteen at a West Virginia game when we played when we played a uh, Will Greer and they were the number six ranked West Virginia team they really were not in the game at all um, and in the third quarter uh, the the PA person played a song called Juicy Wiggle and then everybody like. Turned on their their uh the light on their phone and started like waving it around and it really became this huge spectacle that, that started to become a tradition um, where they they play it every game when we're either trying to get back into the game or winning uh, in the third quarter they they'll play it in the third quarter and then people will wave their phone around with the the light on and it'll, it'll look really cool but that that kind of was an organic tradition that was started. Um, because we were just kicking the shit out of West Virginia when they were ranked number six, and Will Greer was a Heisman candidate. So, yeah, probably one of the yeah. funnest games that I've been to because the whole crowd was just nuts that night.
1: That's pretty awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, do you have any more questions?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh you have any more for me? Because I'm I'm pretty good on questions for now.
0: Sure. Well, um, I, I think I'm, I think I'm all out of questions. So, but thanks so much, Aiden, for coming on. It's been a real treat and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah,
1: for sure. Thank you.
0: Go Cyclones. Yes, sir.